Okay, so today we're going to be talking about ad fraud um, in four minutes. Uh, it consistently ranks in all surveys of marketers as, the, as one of the major things that's keeping them awake at night, ad fraud. But we don't know how big really the problem is. Absolutely. So industry estimates suggest that it could be anywhere between 5 and 20 billion. Mm. Okay. Uh, the WFA uh, indicate that this could be a $50 billion problem by 2025. Yeah, which is 10% of the global marketplace, which is a terrifying number. Um, and at IDCOMS, we've conducted some periodic research with, uh, with marketers the last couple of years, and you can see it consistently ranks as, as something very high and uh, levels of concern. But I think the thing that's concerned us more is, is that maybe there's just not enough progress being made yeah. in this. And I think from a, from a marketer perspective, um, it's, it's who's accountable, who's responsible for dealing and addressing with this massive kind of issue. Yeah. It, it's almost become the norm, the accepted norm, that a proportion, a significant proportion of your media investment will just be kind of wasted in a fraudulent way. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, some brands have made some concerted effort, and we're just going to talk about the marketers here. Mm. So we talked a lot about uh, you know, Mark Pritchard and the, the team at P&G have obviously laid out a, a big agenda. That's right. And so you know, the, the murky and fraudulent supply chain that Mark talked about uh, certainly brought this issue to the attention of marketeers perhaps that weren't previously thinking about it and, yeah. and it was a rallying cry to the marketing community and to the industry as a whole to address it. Yeah, vote with your dollars was, yeah, like the, right. was the, the kind of the lingering brilliant words that, that Mark keeps repeating um, and, and that personified the need for marketers to stand up and declare that this is unacceptable, That's which, right. is, which is bizarre. I mean, we haven't seen more brands actually say to the industry, this is not something that we want. I think right. we have to be that explicit. Absolutely. And what Mark did, and we talked about collective responsibility within the industry, but then there's obviously the, the court case, the Uber Fetch court yeah. case, that is actually going to be slightly more pointed in terms of who is accountable yeah. for this sort of activity. Well, this, this is where it kind of gets really interesting, and, and that's you know, one of the reasons why we're talking about it now, is because it's just about to really break open um, with the Uber filing a suit against mobile agency Fetch, which we mentioned last week, you might remember. Um, so, you know, more has come to light. We, you know, we've been able to kind of review the, the documents itself. Uh, the, it's a 33-page document. Do you know how many times the word fraud appears in a 33-page document? 80 times. Um, so that if there was any doubt, the ambition there of Uber and the accusation is that it's a fr it's fraudulent practice. Yes. So this is, this is very real. The exciting thing, it's a rather depressing situation, but the exciting thing, I suppose, for, for maybe for the industry, is that if this goes to court, evidence will be laid in front of the court and a jury will decide accountability and responsibility. Yeah, for the, right. So for the first time, it will be tested not by, you know, as I think Martin Sorrell says, you know, innuendo and gossip, but yeah. actually in the court of law. So that's the first time that something like this would be tested. So that, that would be, uh, lessons could be learnt, I think, from bad behaviour on both sides. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to set a precedent. So at yeah. the very least, whichever way that the judgment goes, uh, marketeers will be challenging their agencies more. And and uh, the very least, agencies will have to be a little bit more disciplined in the way that they invest their their, their clients' money. Perhaps. Mm -hmm. So let's so let's think about the responsibility chains. We've got in this simplif simplified version, we've got marketers 
whose money it is, yeah. who should be taking some responsibility, of course, for that. You've got, kind of, let's just call them agencies and vendors or the suppliers that, that connect the marketers' dollars then with the final bit with the publishers. So, so for marketers, yeah. what, what are we looking for for marketers and what's well, a fraud? Well, don't accept it. Yeah. Number one, I mean, as a marketeer, you should have no tolerance whatsoever yeah. for you know, significant proportions of your money being wasted. Mm. Uh, that's kind of crazy. And, but I think you have, to, you have to help your agencies be better by setting uh, better, stronger, smarter KPIs. Yeah. You know, anything with a, you know, with a click-through m- metric for success is naturally going to perhaps go down that route, right? Yeah. So, so ask the questions. Don't be afraid of asking some challenging questions to your agencies and to your vendors, but help them by being smarter with the KPIs. Yeah. Okay, let's think then about the agencies and vendors and then their responsibility in this. One of the, one of the frequent accusations made against you know, the agencies and vendors in the supply chain is that sometimes they get paid whatever because yeah. they're you know, charging as part of this process. Right. And if that ends up being some fraudulent click, they still make money. Mm. And, and that's, so you know, questions have been raised. Are, how incentivized are agencies and vendors to actually start to tackle this problem? Um, one thing that we're concerned of really is a, is a real lack of point of view yeah. amongst the agency community. You know, the trade bodies, WFA, ANA, ISBA and others have been very good have done some amazing work at, at shining a light to this problem. Agencies tend to be very quiet. Um, so we thought it might be interesting to go out and just look at the websites of a whole bunch of the top uh, agencies in the world and just understand their depth of perspective and point of view, the quality of their point of view when it comes to ad fraud. And you can see here how poorly most agencies have scored. You can see the methodology in the description yeah. down below. Um, uh, having such a poor point of view on, on ad fraud that's very hard to find, that's, not, that's unique to that agency, that's actually a perspective that could be meaningful uh, to advertisers. So we, we, you know, we want agencies and vendors to ha- have a point of view. Yeah. Marketers are looking for guidance here. Absolutely. And, and the other thing also is that ad fraud prevention is a big, big business. Yeah. Right? I mean, the technology that's out there is a, is a, is a massively lucrative uh, part of the industry, yeah. yet there is no standard practice. Yeah, because everyone's protecting their IP uh, and selling ad fraud protection, which means it's just, which is great for them, maybe great for marketers, but really what the industry would benefit from is a, is a kind of common global standard. Yeah. Um, and which on that, actually, we had some good news uh, this week uh, with the release of what we think is now the first kind of open source solution on the buy side mm-hmm. to act as a filter to fraudulent traffic uh, called Nameless. We'll link down below. It looks like a, like a brilliant initiative and we hope that could be something that's more yeah. widely adopted. But then there's the third uh, stakeholder within this group and those are yeah. the publishers, right? The people that I feel yeah. most sorry for. They're the ones that are, that are suffering at the end of yeah. this kind of murky supply chain. Uh, and there was a brilliant piece of research that was done uh, by the FT yeah. that, that suggested that you know, in one day they were losing about a million pounds worth of, of, uh, of inventory, of yeah. money, because it was going to sort of fraudulent sites that yeah. were pretending to be the FT.com. Yeah, exactly. And so it continues to be these kind of alarming stories. Uh, you know, like FT have been done a lot of research, Guardian have done a lot of research uh, into how their own inventory yeah. is sold. Um, so it's very alarming. What it is doing is, is raising awareness of that. I think marketers need to be really aware how little sometimes the money obviously gets through yeah. 
to publishers to pay for the content that we all need. Um, there's a brilliant initiative that you've prob probably heard of called ads.txt, uh, which sounds like a little uh, geeky initiative, but um, uh, is really helping publishers uh, by making them declare uh, the legitimate sources of, of ad inventory for sale mm -hmm. so that buyers, it's basically allowing buyers to be a bit more aware whether they're buying from legitimate sources. It's seen quite wide adoption in the US, uh, seems to be very slow adopting outside the US and so from the publisher side, you know, we strongly encourage adoption of ads.txt. Um, it's going to be, I think, a really important initiative uh, to, again, provide common standards yeah. that allow marketers to able to make better decisions. I mean, there is a sense of absolute collective responsibility. Mm -hmm. So all of the different uh, participants within the industry have to take their own responsibility at improving uh, the way that they operate within this supply chain. But ultimately, ultimately, as a marketeer, I think it would be the, the responsibility and the accountability of my agency. As guardians of my media investment, as guardians of where my inventory is going, uh, it would be their responsibility to make sure that I'm protected. Yeah. But they need to have the support and the help of the vendor community, the publishers, and, and naturally the, the marketers themselves. Good, very good. Okay, good week for... Publicist Group in the UK, it has appointed a new CEO, mm -hmm. uh, Annette King, no relation to Steve King, as far okay. as I understand. Good name, uh, she was the CEO of Ogilvy. Uh, yep. She's now, or oh, next year, she will be the CEO of all of Publicist uh, businesses in the UK. Brilliant, good. It's been a bad week for? Uh, so many to choose from. I mean, the, the one that's kind of got me quite excited, and many others, particularly on Twitter, uh, it's been a bit of a bad week for Oath. If you know who Oath is, it's the somewhat kind of jumble sale collection of, of all of these maybe faded media brands being brought together and polished up. Uh, you know, Verizon and Tumblr and Yahoo and many others. Um, they were at Adweek this week and released their kind of big anthem uh, positioning to marketers. Uh, we'll link to the video. You have to watch it. It's a giant cringe fest. Um, which reminded me of this kind of generic millennial ad advertising, uh, which starts with, you're special. Um, we'll link it down below. Brilliant. Uh, not a great week for them. Okay, question of the week. Uh, what do you think about ad fraud? Which way is it going to go? Is it going to get worse, better, or whatever? Brilliant. Uh, that's your media snack for this week. Thank you very much for watching. See you next week. Hello, and so... I'm not saying hello and welcome. Okay. <clears throat> Okay, so today we're going to talk about, let's do that again. <laughs>